and welcome to the Hidden Lies podcast. This podcast shares about the lives of people we met during our work with the Leprosy Mission. Please note, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of the Leprosy Mission. The Leprosy Mission works towards the eradication of leprosy worldwide. For those who do not yet know what leprosy is, it is a neglected tropical disease that affects some of the poorest people in the world. If you want to learn more, please visit the Leprosy Mission Australia website. This is the first episode in a five-part series of our work in Nepal. Throughout our work, we meet a lot of amazing people who are often hidden or forgotten by society because of having leprosy or other disabilities. In this podcast, we want to share their stories with you. Oh, but first, we've forgotten to introduce ourselves. My name is Eva, and I work with the Leprosy Mission Australia team. And I'm Subin, and I work with the Leprosy Mission Nepal team. In this first episode, I want to introduce you to a 15-year-old girl, Karunya, who I met in a rural part of Nepal. When you first meet Karunya with her big eyes, her long eyelashes and her bright smile, you would think that she was just like every other 15-year-old, going to school, talking about fashion and makeup with her friends. From what you tell me, she sounds like a cool kid. She was. She looked like one of those like cheerleading type of kids that you would have at school. Those who are like really popular and have lots of friends. So when did you meet Karuna? Karunya first came to an MLEC day by herself. MLEC, or Mini Leprosy Elimination Camp, is a skin camp where we invite people with skin conditions and test them for signs of leprosy. If found, we will refer these people to hospitals and health centers for medication. So what was Karuna doing on an MLEC camp? Mm. So Karunya had a really faint dry patch of skin on her left wrist where she didn't actually feel any sensations. But she'd actually had this for over two years now and it wasn't until a community female volunteer health worker came to their home and asked if she had any suspicious skin patches or spots uh, that she actually reported this to her. That actually coincides with so many different other stories as well because what usually happens with leprosy is people develop patches, small patches they do not think much of and then the disease goes hidden for a really long period of time. Hmm. And it also sounds like having skin conditions is actually quite common. Yes, especially if you visit during the monsoon periods where people work in plantations with water all the time, they develop worms, ringworms around their feet and they do not think much of it. So it could very much be the thing that Corona developed something similar or thought that it was something similar as to working in a plantations would end up with. So there's a high chance that she'd not report it to anyone. Yeah, that's so true because at that MLEC camp that we visited and which Karunya visited that day, there were over 150 people who showed up with lots of different suspicious skin conditions. And a lot of them had things like eczema or other types of skin irritations or some that were unknown skin conditions as well that turned up that day. So was Karunya there by herself? Yes, so Karunya actually turned up there by herself. At 15, I thought that that was really brave. For her, 
she had to come by herself because her mother was unable to accompany her that day because she had to work. I thought that this was quite unusual as well, which was why I kind of asked her a little bit about her background and her story. Because often, say in Australia, if a child needs to go for a health checkup, usually their parents might come along with them. Yeah, I mean, it's the same here as well. But then you did mention that her mother works as a daily laborer. Um, it could be because of that, that she has not accompanied her. Mm. So I think, and this was the part of the story where I started to find out a little bit more about her. And I realized that reality is often really different to what we see on the surface and to the assumptions that we might make from seeing her. So Karinya lives at home with her mother. Her father had actually passed away three years ago from suicide, leaving Karinya and her mother to fend for themselves. This was why her mother was working as a day laborer and needed to keep working even though Karunya needed to go to the health center. If her mum didn't work for a day, she probably didn't get a wage. Karunya then also told me that she'd actually dropped out of school almost a year or two years ago actually now to work as a laborer herself so that she could support the family income. From your understanding, what type of work do day laborers do? So it actually depends on what jobs are available in the market. A day laborer, by the name, going by the name, is a laborer for a day. So they will take on any jobs that they can find that is and the, that is usually finished or can be finished in a day. It could be painting a house that they take over a period of three or four months, it could be gathering stones. It could be working in a factory for a day, but the major factor for them is that they get paid at the end of each day by the amount of hours or by the output that they're producing. So it really depends on what jobs are available at the market because we, on our side, we use day laborers to move apartments and that is something that we pay them by the hour. But it could be something in a garment factory, you are paid by the pieces that you produce. So it really depends on what jobs are available around her. Mm. So for Karunya, she told me that she was helping to carry bricks for like construction workers. It sounds like quite a really stressful or a strenuous job, I should say. Yes, it's quite physically taxing and especially with on her age, where her body is starting to develop, it placed, probably places a huge strain on her as well. Mm. So that day, Karunya had come uh, because the volunteer health worker had asked her to come to check. She actually didn't know anything about leprosy at the time that she was diagnosed and she didn't really think anything much of it, except I think uh, the people there were making quite a, a big deal out of, out of having found a case of leprosy. Yes. Yeah, it's not uncommon for young people to not know about leprosy because it has been, it's a neglected tropical disease and because the cases go down annually, I think we are about 2,500 or 3,000 cases a year at the moment. So because of that, young people do not know about the signs and symptoms and also the consequences of leprosy. So it's not quite uncommon to see them having no recollection of what leprosy is or what it does. Mm. And so I think for Karinya though, when we started to talk about it, she did start to get scared and a bit anxious about what this could mean for her. Yeah. Considering she only started by having patches that she found and there was no pain, nothing else, 
then being introduced to this big complex disease must have been very scary. I think what makes the conversion more scary is when you see patients who are at the end stages of leprosy, who develop sort of clawed hands, how to amputate their hands and feet, and then young people sort of internalize the things that they see and wonder that if they would have to go through those as well. And when you are dealing with that early on in their age, it's really, really difficult and taxing for them. Mm, definitely. So, but luckily for her, there are people within the project who can now help her to understand that diagnosis a little better. But one of the things that um, I made a bit of a mistake that day, I have to say, uh, was so in one of the questions I asked her, and this again had to do with sometimes the assumptions that we might have of different people. So I asked Karunya what she did outside of work hours. And at first she said she didn't do anything. And so I was trying to help her probe her a little bit more, help her to think through maybe a little bit more specifically and to give us a few more specific activities. So I started to give her some examples. I sort of said to her, oh, were you like, do you play on the computer? Do you like watch TV and things like that? And she did finally say, oh, I'm, she loved to play on her phone um, and that she at times she would hang out with her friends as well. Yeah, you think with the development of technology, everyone will be hooked to Netflix and have that access, have the technology to be able to do that. But I think you'd find a reality check because I know you did have a reality check when you went, um, but you'd find a reality check if you come face to face with the ground reality of some other people that we meet in our lives on a daily basis. And so I guess it wasn't until we had to go to her house to ask her mum for consent because she was underage and we had to ask her, her mum for consent to share her story overseas or in Australia. And it wasn't until we went to their house that I realised the conditions that she was living in and the poverty that the family were facing. So her and her mother were living in a squatter community or a bit more of an informal settlement. And they actually lived in a small mud house building that only had one room and a refrigerator out the front. And there was barely any furniture in there. And it wasn't until I saw that, that I realized how out of place my suggestions or ideas of watching TV or using the computer were at that time. She wouldn't have had access to all of those things. And I guess that, that was absolutely a reality check for me in terms of knowing how to ask more sensitive questions or cultural, not culturally, but more appropriate questions in her situation. Yeah. If you talk about her leisure time, she probably spends every hour working because so many of the daily labor jobs are tied to the number of hours that you can work. So for so many of us, leisure time refers to something entirely different, but she may not have the leisure time at all. And she probably spends so many of her hours working and is probably way too exhausted from work to be even able to think of what to do in the leisure time. Mm. So what would be next for Karunya, do you think? I think a possible route for her would be to join a self-help group because we a part of the activities that the Leprosy Mission does is operates and helps formation of self-help groups. And through these groups, Karuna can access resources 
and also access like-minded individuals who can not only give her confidence but also can fill her with hope and that she will be better one day and that things will be better for her. That could be a possible way that she can take and how we can support her father as well. Yes, that reminds me as well. Her mom is actually part of the self-help group that was recently formed uh, by the project. Uh, so she has only just recently joined the group. So that means that she obviously still needs time to build up skills and build up her capacity to be able to take out loans or to, to use uh, the funds within the self-help group. Yeah, I mean, even if she does get support, if she does get support, she could consider going back to school if she has that option open for her because she is quite young and she's just 15. So for unlike so many of the people who are diagnosed for a number of years, she does have that ability to go back to school and has the age in her favor. That could be a possible path for her as well. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds like it could be. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what she decides. Yes, I think her story is something to be continued further and that we will catch up with her sometime soon. So thank you so much for listening uh, as we shared about Karunya's story today. I hope you enjoyed listening to that uh, and also for listening to the first episode of this series that we put together. If you have any feedback for us, as to the types of case studies that you wanted to listen to or the stories that you wanted to listen to. And if you had more questions, I guess, about Karunya as well, you can contact us. You can send us an email at communications at leprosymission.org.au. Thank you so much for listening today and we will catch up with you again soon. Bye. Bye.